Welcome, welcome, welcome to Stuck in the Middle, TTT, Tragedy to Triumph Transformation. This is all about taking the information that we have and applying it to you and your life so that you can be buffaloes, not cowards. We want to keep it raw, real, and uncut. This is for men to improve their relationships and increasing their spiritual values. I'm Ryan Smith, and I'm the host, and I'm with Bunker Weimer. So, Bunker, I just, this is just my humor here, but if, we, if I could, riddle me this. What is faster than a bullet, stronger than an ox, bigger than a mountain, and sharper than a sword? One thing. One thing. One word. Drawing some blanks. That's a tough riddle. It's a tough one, right? Like, and the, so here's the answer. It's an idea. Okay. An idea moves faster than a bullet. It's stronger than an ox and it can change, you know, uh, if you have a good idea, you can transition an ox to maybe go the way you want it to go rather than the way you thought it did. If you have the right idea, a bigger than a mountain, it, it can create palaces bigger than a mountain or something sharper than a sword and it's you know for example in communication someone can sh you know there's so many i'm thinking of han solo or something but like negotiators you know they have a bullet to their head in the movie but because they transition the the idea they decide not to shoot you know or pull the trigger or something and because it's the presenting of an idea that can overpower the physical nature of things and that is what this is is today um, and sometimes ideas don't always do everything, but that is what today is about, is giving the ideas, and hopefully these ideas shared today can be sharp enough to cut through maybe the barriers that you're in and bigger than your obstacles, stronger than what your doubts are, and faster than uh, maybe the growing negativity and hopelessness that may be growing underneath, that these ideas can reboot and transform your life in making the, tr the triumphs that you deserve. And so um, just going forward, and I know this is a lot, but I wanna really just set the stage so you know what you're getting here. Today and for the next 10 episodes, roughly, this will be me and Bunker. We'll be talking and you have the benefit of us. And we will be selecting a few in about 10 episodes to have you and other viewers like you join this, this podcast and taking the principles and applying it. And I believe that will be interesting and it will also create the vicarious learning that I think can happen by, by doing this. So if you're interested in getting a you know, free therapy, free, free coaching uh, with the, the, and being vulnerable to share your, your story with others, uh, please let us know and contact us and we'd love to help you in your, your life and make your tragedies turn to triumph. So with, I'm just looking over my notes here. Um, um, yeah, with that, a uh, bunker, let, let's jump into it. Uh, what is a man? Uh, take, take it away and maybe help us, uh, bunker, just what, why did you think of this this question maybe in the first place? Where, where, where did this come from? 
So a few months ago, Matt Walsh, uh, if the listeners are familiar with him, he came out with a documentary titled What is a Woman? And he travels around the world, literally posing that question to different cultures, people, different situations, people that were considered highly educated, people who were probably just considered very average, run of the mill. And it was interesting to hear their answers, but it kind of left me thinking a lot about what is a man? How would you define it? Because just as womanhood and what is one has been attacked so much, I feel like it's the same for men. Most shows depict men or the father is kind of like he's dumb, he's unintelligent, he's lazy. And is that really what we think of a man being? And so that's a good question. And I don't know if I have a set answer, but some of the thoughts that I've had, especially from a religious background, was preside, provide, and protect. Those are the first three words that came to mind. That that's the, the role of a man. Now, does the role of a man fit what is a man? I think it's also a good question, and I'm I'm not sure. Well, but we'll I say that one more time. Does the role of the man make like is that fitting the identity of a man, or are they two separate things? Whoa, deep question. I would say they're somewhat separate, right? Because we have roles, but it's apart from all of what we are, but it is a part of who we are. So something to think about for the audience, I guess, and we can talk about it more. The other thing that I think about a lot that um, I've addressed in my podcast is that men should think of themselves as stability because men create safety and security for those around them. Um, Kind of going off on a tangent, but I work with a lot of guys in the dating world who would probably get labeled as a nice guy. And it's really difficult for them because they feel like they're doing everything right. And women usually respond to them very well. They have a lot of nice things to say about them. Sometimes they'll talk to me and say, I'm dating this guy. He's perfect. He's wonderful. He's handsome. My mom likes him. He's so sweet. He gets the car door for me and I should like him, but I don't. And then they'll tell the guy this, Hey, you're the greatest guy ever, but I don't really like you. And then they're thinking I do everything perfectly and I'm not enough. Like what's wrong with you? And then they turn around and date somebody who's and the guy's mind much lesser than them. And it's such a frustration. It's like, why is this happening? And I would make the argument it's because they are not helping the woman feel safe and secure emotionally, physically, mentally, because I think that even carries over into marriage is sometimes the man's not doing all that he can do. And he's kind of missing the mark. And I think a lot of times they come by, honestly, it's not like they're intentionally doing this to to cause problems. But I think another part of what it is to be a man is to have a vision. I know a lot of guys that don't have a vision. What I mean by that is I know it's really easy to, to find a girl that you like And you're just totally in love with them. You're consumed, infatuated. They're the center of your world. But that often can make a woman feel uncomfortable. Because as the guy in that moment, you want to give the woman the world. You want to do everything you can for them. And although it sounds nice, it's a sweet sentiment. That's not what women really want. They don't want to be given the world. They want to come along with you into your world. They want to be on the journey with you. And so sometimes guys kind of lose that vision. And they're just making the woman the center of everything. But it's like, hey, if you take a step back and remember, what are your goals? Are you in school? Do you have a job? Are you progressing in life? Like, what are you working towards? And that will show that drive, that that grit. And women respond well to that, right? They're like, oh, I love that. And I think, I hope we can get some positive feedback from women listening. They can say, yeah, that does. Because every time I've been able to explain that to a girl who's coming with a nice guy situation, I'm saying, hey, (laughs) is he just like treating you like you're the center of his world? And she's like, yeah, and I don't like that. But I feel like I should like that. And it's like, no, I think that's normal. It's like, has he shown any prospects of going forward? It's like, no, he's so nice. But sometimes we just sit there and he plays video games with his friends online. It's not showing any vision, right? It's just like, he's not going anywhere. And I think that there's a way for men to balance things better. And I've, 
I guess my overall philosophy is if men are better, the world will be better. I think sometimes we want to sit around and we identify a lot of problems and it's kind of hoping that somebody else will take initiative to change it. And it's the hope of, well, I'm a man and I am so frustrated with all the women out there. They're all the worst. Why can't they just shape up? And all the women are sitting there saying, man, men are the worst. Why can't they just be better? Why can't they be what I want them to be? Why can't they just get it? And, you know, in, in some sense, it's both, they're both right. And so I would say if we as men, me and you and, and those that we get to talk and work with, take some initiative, although women have to play their part as well. They have to put, put their effort forth also. But if you see a problem, you got to own the problem. You can't just sit back. So I guess in a roundabout way, all those little pieces is how I would somewhat give a, an answer to what is a man. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you think. Wow. You just dropped so much wisdom. And I want to unpack that. Sure. Uh, yeah, more. I love that. Women don't want the world. They want to be part of your world. Yes. Whoa, that is huge. They don't want the world. They want to be part of your world, which is a secure and right. progressing or progressive world. You know, it's going somewhere in, in a more hopeful and bright future. Yes. That is amazing. Yeah. And that I, to be completely honest, you know, that's what this is about, right? That was, I think, a big problem for me in dating is I love rolling the red carpet out and just seeing them laugh and, <laughs> and just and getting that reaction by giving them the world. Uh, but yeah, it didn't, it wasn't sustainable and it wasn't, uh, it didn't maybe touch to that deeper part is they want to know your ambitions or my ambitions and where, where if they get hitched to me, you know, where, where are they going? And uh, that's, they want that ambitious world. And that makes a lot of sense because my dad would say, Women wanted an, an ambitious man, someone that's going places and that did it all And uh, so I, I, I think that that is really good. And, and just maybe breaking down that, uh, that's a tough question. And I think that that, it, it, need, it demands being broken down. What is a man? And it's not something you can like, I think, at least I'm not at a place where I can satisfy that answer in like one pithy uh, sentence or something. But uh, I, I, I'm going to just address the elephant in the room if that's, if that's okay. Absolutely. And when we ask this question, it, you know, because it comes from Matt Walsh's uh, what is a woman? And that's kind of where this came from. And his slant on this was very much engaging with the, the political environment right. and uh, the LGBTQ debate. And that's not what this is, this is, no. is, is about right here today. Um, but I just wanted to say real briefly, you know, it's important um, and I remember taking lots of gender identity or gender courses. And what was helpful to me is when we're talking about this issue, it's important to look at a pos at least breaking it down. You know, if someone says you're gay, that doesn't mean like one thing. And so anyway, I'm hopefully not gonna go, this may be my last comment on this, but the, there's the, 
genderbred. You can type that in and there's a cute little picture about like a gingerbread man. But there's like gender identity, gender expression, the biological ex sex, you know, the vagina or penis, you know, um, and the physical makeup of that. And then there's sexual orientation, what you're sexually attracted to, right? And so those four parts are all things that they, they need to be separately addressed uh, when you get when you go down that rabbit hole. And today is not about that uh, <laughs> that question, but I just wanted to say that maybe another episode we will because it is part of our debate, and I have lots to say on that. But that's not for today. Um, but kind of going into that is part of my book that I'm writing right now that I've shared a little bit with Bunker. Uh, but if you think of an iceberg and you can, only, you can see the top portion of that, which is a smaller portion, and there's usually a lot more mass underneath the surface that you cannot see. Um, and so if you have that image in your head, what you can see, I call the external or physical world, what you can see but everything that you can see is supported by something, the intangible or the internal world opposed to the external world, which is spiritual. And I, I think that, and why is this important? Well, there is like the physical manifestation, like what is a man? And preparing for this, I listened to a podcast by Ben and Chad, uh, manhood restored so this is a shout out for them and maybe even a rebuttal but hopefully this could be taken in good in good jest uh uh no offense is, is meant by this and only to create conversation and deeper meaning but uh the, the lead of that I, I don't know if it was ben or chad talked about how and his 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 particular podcast was called fords and facial hair and he talked about how when he got his Chevy truck or Ford uh, and, and he has his, his beard, he felt like he had arrived to some birth uh, milestone in his manhood. And the, his, his backup singers, as he called it in the, in the episode, you know, said it wasn't, it was much longer for me to feel like a man years after I got a truck it was when I was able to use my truck and help people that I really felt masculine. And to me, they, they kind of have a debate. It's very soft because they're, they're like friends and they're talking, but there is a debate and they have very different energies. And one of them is saying manhood is the physical representation, that external world of having a beard and having a truck. And that's what it means to be a man. And the, the other backup singer to that uh, was saying, um, no, it, it's, it's way deeper than that. It's more on the spiritual plane. And it is, what does it really mean to be a man? And they got into that discussion more. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about. And, uh, and I want to maybe just, uh, I guess I have two thoughts, but maybe first, maybe I'd say just any thoughts that you have on that, Bunker? before I maybe kind of go into what you had talked about the role. Well, the only other question I thought about maybe posing along with 
what does it mean to be a man is how would you define masculinity, which I feel like you're kind of talking about with manhood, because I do feel like there is a difference in having the facial hair, having the truck, looking the part, if you will. Versus right, the external world, yeah. yeah, versus the, the internal of how you are, the state of your being inside, because I do feel like there's people I know who are very masculine that maybe can't even grow a beard. They might not have a truck, but they serve a much larger purpose in the world around them, right? Much more than the guy who's got the truck who looks the part, but doesn't really do anything. Right. And that's, that. thank you. That's really clarified. We're talking about this external world versus right. the spiritual world because this, and the spiritual is more important, you know, the intentionality and, you know, and kind of the debate, like, how do you use your truck? Do you, you do it to hide away from the rainstorm, you know, or are you using that to haul out your neighbor, you know, when they're in a ditch, you know, that's the real, the real man or something like that, using their truck for a, right. a purpose. And that kind of goes into that roles. Um, but maybe before, if I could just, if I could, yeah, in, in talking about roles, um, I, and maybe I'll just kind of, maybe kind of start it with, you know, we have phrases in our English language, you know, man up, boys will be boys, be a man. He's a man of few words, son of man, scriptural reference that Christ used for himself. And he's my right hand man. You know, these are all phrases. And um, I tried to look for the same thing about women. I didn't find as many. I don't know if I did. I didn't do like a super exhaustive research on this, but for me, uh, well, I, I'll just throw this out there. Is the one I found that had a, a phrase or an idiom with woman is hell hath no fury like a woman's scorn, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I, I think is, uh, uh, it goes deep. I think I have some uh, emotional response to that, but, the, the, I feel like if I were to condense the quotes, and this isn't objective, so you can, this is up for debate, this is my subjective opinion, but the idioms for men, you know, be a man, he's the man, something, is that it connotes work or the lack thereof, and maybe sexual promiscuity something to that maybe realm i'm sure that's not exhaustive but th that's where i'm going to take it for right now and then women may be more of a sexual orientation and so basically work for men and sexual sexuality for women and uh uh which to me they're those are very different things they're not like total opposites and so uh, women both work and men work and men both have sex and, and you know, women have sex. So it's interesting, but those are kind of the, the connotations that I, I wanted to bring in. You, you had brought up the three roles of a man and those three Ps come from the, the 1995, the first presidency in Quorum of the Twelve Apostles the family, a proclamation to the world. And I just wanted to read that real quick because ultimately, if we really wanted to just keep this really clean, 
I think we would just read this article. <laughs> this is the definition. This closes the, a lot of the debate and puts it in, in its proper order. Uh, so any questions we didn't answer, maybe they could be answered in this and maybe we'll even include this on a link if you want to have this PDF of yourself. But this, you know, this comes uh, from the top and it says by divine design, fathers are to preside, that's the first key, over their families in love and righteousness and are responsible to, this the second, provide the necessities of life and third, protect for their families. And mothers are primarily responsible for the nurture of their children. And uh, in these sacred responsibilities, fathers and mothers are obligated to help one another, help one another as equal partners. And it goes on. But I just wanted to say where those three P's come from, the, the source and uh, uh, provide, I think, you know, connotes that's a masculine energy of work and to fix it. And, uh, and preside is that about vision that which you talked about and protect. And I, I was kind of thinking, I think some of our instinctual ideas of masculinity, maybe they come from society and they definitely come from society, but I, they also, I think come from the animal kingdom. And like, I think we maybe get some of these stereotypes. I think we could probably, I, I'm not like a zoologist or like study animals that much, but what little I know of animal behavior, especially like in the wild and stuff, like males, they fight for the female and the right to pass on the, their line. And, and, and some of, you know, some males, uh, species like after they mate they leave and they're no longer part of that and so sometimes it's like considered like masculine to like just be the pimp you know just have sex and leave you know and so i think some of it kind of there are some ties to maybe the, the animal kingdom but the animals that species that have a family like a, uh, what's the word i'm looking for like a uh, a tribe you know, the, the males usually, at least I'm thinking about lions, you know, they look out over their, their pride. They look at the cubs and they protect. And uh, usually the female energy, which is ironic, we don't think of them, at least like in the lion kingdom, like presiding. It's the females that preside. And uh, so it's just interesting that th there's maybe a relationship that we maybe aren't addressing when we talk about what is a man the animal kingdom might, you know, be informing some of these instinctual biological, you know, uh, thoughts and, and, and preconceived notions. So, um, and, I, and, and this is the kind of last thing on that is you kind of said, just starting out, like men are perceived in media as being lazy and dumb. And as you said that, I was just thinking those are directly opposite of these three peaks. Yeah. You know, if you're going to preside, you're not going to be dumb. And you, and if you're lazy, you're not going to be able to, you know, being lazy and, and being providing are basically direct opposites. And protecting is not a lazy, you know, you're fighting. And so though being lazy and dumb, if that is, per, that's directly opposite of what our masculine role, so what we're aspiring to be. And so, just that 
those are my thoughts. So if I can maybe just kind of switch the conversation, you know, in, in terms of relationship, you know, why, why do we even care about this question? Why does it even matter to even wrestle with it? What is a man? Like, why does that even matter? <laughs> well, yeah. right? And the, to me, what I've come up with is, is it has to do with how it affects your relationships and how does it affect the relationship? Well, it's in terms of the masculine energy versus the feminine energy, which either gender can portray. And, uh, and so that's kind of where I wanted to maybe talking about relationships, that's maybe more the bulk of where I want to take this. And, uh, and so I'm just going to, I have lots of thoughts, but maybe I'll just ask, start off with a question. Um, because I think this justifies the, the, why we're talking about this is Bunker, when you've been dating women and has there ever been a woman that has shown up in a masculine energy and how did that affect your relationship? And I have the answer to that same thing in my marriage, but I, I wanted to see how that, uh, if you've noticed that and if so, what has been the impact? Yes, I have. Um, it's actually been an interesting progression for me, seeing that in different aspects amongst the girls that I've dated. Um, being uh, just some, some different examples came to mind when you asked me that, but there's been times where, well, let me preface this. I think everybody is the way they are for a reason. And that being is sometimes girls would come, we start to date and spend time together and she's more masculine. What I mean by that is she didn't exhibit common male traits necessarily, but she was a little more like uh, quick to be independent, quick to push you away, wasn't as vulnerable, uh, exhibited more common attributes like that. Not so much like being like Miss Tough, I guess, like physically. Um, however, it often caused some strain, right? Because there's that, that invisible battle between the polarities of masculine and feminine. And so if I'm coming into the relationship and I feel like I'm kind of thin, then we kind of butted heads a lot on little things because she's used to kind of getting her way or the highway. And when I made the comment of people are the way they are for a reason, something that I've noticed amongst the girls I've dated who have brought a more masculine frame to the relationship is have they felt a lot of instability in their life or they haven't felt very safe or secure. Right. So maybe there was a girl, like I'm, I'm thinking of a different example. There was one girl, she had been sexually assaulted and had not dated a lot previously to starting to date me. And so coming into it, there was a lot of reservation, a lot of struggle there because she did not want to let her guard down around the guy. But on the other side, right? Because her prior partner. And and it's makes total sense. Like it's, I think it's a very common and natural reaction for us to try and project the past into the future to prevent it from happening again. Like we don't want that pain to reoccur, but as time went on with her, things would mellow out and she became a lot more feminine, right? She kind of became, she felt safe, she felt secure and things kind of balanced out again. But there's also been times at the beginning of my dating experience where I wasn't probably the masculine one. Like I kind of took the more submissive route of, oh, whatever I can be to do. I was a nice guy, right? Like whatever I can do to make this better, I'll do it. And it just caused more and more havoc because she's thinking, I, I feel one way, I want you to do another thing. It's not lining up. And ultimately, like those crumbled apart, the relationships such as those, but the ones where I feminine energy, exactly. And the ones where I feel like I stood strong with, with myself and kind of would would sit there with those moments of like, okay, she's being a little masculine right now. She doesn't feel very safe and secure. 
And oftentimes they ask the question of like, hey, like, what is it that you want right now? Or like, hey, like, what are you thinking or feeling? And they open up and would share, or I would say, hey, I noticed that you do this. Why do you do that? And they would open up. And as they opened and shared, they felt more secure and safe, which I think depended a lot on how I reacted to it as well. Because there's a lot of shame in a lot of these circumstances. But it is interesting, I guess, to answer your question. is Sometimes it comes in with the masculine and the masculine, and it, there has to be that balance of polarity. So it's like either you're going to become more feminine or she's going to fall back into a feminine frame. Or you guys have to take your own separate ways. It's just not going to work. Well, I love that bunker. And I, I think that's great self-awareness that you're recognizing. And this is a key for all you listeners, you know, just like to pick up like when your partner is in that masculine frame, especially as, as men seeing your woman in a masculine frame, if they're trying to provide, protect, uh, preside, you know, like, what well, you know, what's going on? And I think that's a great question. And I think that takes a lot of awareness and probably a lot of practice on your part. Yeah. It's um, kind of an overcompensation when you say that it's kind of like they, they feel the lack. And so they try to overdo it. I feel like I meet a lot of single girls like that who things have not worked out for them. They're a little bit older and now they're very dedicated to their career. They travel, they have a house, they have a car. They don't need no man. And they'll tell you that they'll say, I don't need a guy. I, I don't need you in my life. I, I just want you in my life, but they're taking on the male role as well. So I had a friend, he tried to send me with his cousin and he told me that very thing. He said, Hey, she doesn't need it. She doesn't need you in her life. She just wants you. And I was like, what's, what's my, what's the point of me then? What am I going to do? He's like, well, you can just be at home when she gets home because she works like 60 hours a week. <laughs> like, I'm going to feel so unfulfilled. There's no point in this. Anyways. And so there definitely, there definitely is something to be said about that, that compensation of overcompensation of just trying to fulfill the things that they're missing out on. Interesting. And so I th- hopefully we're being abundantly clear. If not, I want to be, is that the point of this conversation and this, this podcast today is what energy are you in? Are you in a masculine energy? You know, what is a man? And I think it's, it's really embracing the masculine energy. And that, that's the point that I'm really hoping to drive home today is are you, as a man, are you embracing the masculine? And it could go vice versa. As a woman, are you embracing the feminine energy? And maybe before I talk about what that is and just kind of, I did a little bit of research on kind of those different energies. I just wanted to maybe say what it's not. And, you know, I think the man, the, but the stereotype of a man, you know, quote unquote, man is emotionally unavailable, dominant, aggressive, loud, violent. And those are to me all extremes or taken too far, you know, opposed to aggressive, assertive, you know, that's the balance of, and um, you want to be not violent or loud, but you want to have, you have a vision, right? And you're going to help take people to that place, but you're not going to use abuse or compulsory means, you know, you're not going to abuse them and manipulate that, right? The real man persuades, and that's obviously with long suffering. Um, And I think I wanted to define it, but first, we kind of been talking, you know, just offline about toxic masculinity. And that's a term that's, I think, recently come up. And Bunker, any, any comments on toxic masculinity and what masculinity is and isn't? Yeah, for sure. So 
Um, last semester, I took a class on gender studies, and it was actually really interesting. I think I was the only guy in the class, if I'm correct. Oh, really? Yeah, but it was really interesting Whoa. because as we read a lot of the material, it was kind of rough for me because they're going through the definition of toxic masculinity, for example. Uh-huh. And it's describing me. And I'm very aware of that as I'm listening. I'm like, this is me. But I never, I wouldn't consider those things negative traits of myself, but I could see how they could be. And so yeah, anything taken out of balance to an extreme right. is bad. Like, anything too much is too much. Exactly. But you can't eradicate something because you're going to need it. It's like, I'll give you an example. Like one of the surgeries I've had, um, they give you, they gave me oxygen afterwards because I lost a lot of blood in the surgery. And so they said, Hey, but we're not giving you pure oxygen because pure oxygen is bad for you technically, but oxygen is necessary to survive in life. So, but our air that we breathe has a mixture of components and chemicals. So I think that's a good example of, there's a lot of things that make up a man and too much of it maybe falls in the toxic category, but they're all essential to creating a good man as well. It's kind of a spectrum, right? You go to the far side and one is good and the other side is bad, but I would even go as far as say it's, it's, it's not one spectrum. It's, it's being in the middle, like yeah. being too strong is too strong. It's too much or being too weak of anything is too weak. And it's, it's this perfect balance between uh, being in the middle of weak and strong. And, and so. Anyway. No, I agree. I think it's a great way to sum it up. And I've often thought when I hear the term toxic masculinity, especially after this class, it almost sounds like an oxymoron to me. I'm like, this is like a double negative because it's like to be masculine is to not be toxic. So I understand what people are trying to say by it, but I think by the root definition of the words, they would almost counteract each other. Like they shouldn't coexist. It's not, it's not a good term. It, it, it connotes this unreachable place. Yeah. Masculinity is bad or, you know, but it, these are two separate terms, but masculinity taken to an extreme can be toxic. Right. And or so masculinity too emasculated. Yeah. That's my joke for the today. But, you know, too, too weak is, you know, if you're like, you know, don't be such a girl, you know, like something like connoting weakness, you know, that, that is also not masculine, right? I agree. And I, I, how I've thought about it is like a scale of agreeableness and disagreeableness, because usually men fall more on the disagreeable side and the farther they are disagreeable wise, the more difficult they can be. And then women who are more and more agreeable are oftentimes very trusting, submissive. Uh, they're quick to like, just listen and follow. And it can show up on both sides. And like kind of going back to the nice guy example that I gave earlier is a lot of the nice guys are too agreeable. They're too quick. And I think sometimes we connect, oh, I hear disagreeable. So that means bad. And then to be disagreeable isn't always a bad thing. Just as you were saying, you want a certain amount of it because you can't just agree to everything. You can't just be like water and go with the path of least resistance. You have to kind of make your presence known. But I also, as you were talking about the little sayings that we have in society, like be a man or man up or be tougher or whatever the case may be. There's a lot of examples of those where I don't know if I'd say those are always bad because I learned that from my class on, on gender studies as I, for me, they didn't talk about this in the class. They would never, but there are moments where you can't take as a man, you can't take time out. There's moments of high stress or high importance or there's moments of do or die or life and death of many careers that men and women pursue, but I'd say majority of the time are men, that they can't just take a time out and say, we're going to talk this out or we're going to express how I feel. 
And so it's trying to find that balance like you were talking about being in the middle. Because there are times where I've said to guys where say, hey man, right now you just got the man up till we get through this. If you're out hiking in the wilderness for 10 days, you're out of water and it's like, hey, I'm sad. It's like, we don't have time to be sad right now. We, gotta get back <laughs> we can talk about it all you want, but you got to man up and we got to get off this mountain, right. you know? And I'm sure there's a lot of experiences with those. Get yeah. yeah, get it done. And then we'll, then we'll talk about it. Because Both sometimes secondary in that context. Right. And I think that is part of a man is a sacrifice, right? Women sacrifice for their children. I think men sacrifice to the family as a whole. They sacrifice for the women around them. They, they give up their own comforts to make those around them more comfortable. For sure. But, that, that's to me is the right relationship or righteousness. The right. To me, whenever I use the word righteousness, it's about the right relationship. And I think you're pointing out, you know, it's a real man being the man is going to care about other people. Right. And they put others before themselves. And it seems like society sometimes is a pendulum, right? We swing far to one side, then we swing far to the other. And it's like, no, we want to talk about our feelings a ton. Or, you know, it's like, oh, don't ever talk about your feelings. And it's like, no, we need to be in the middle. We need to find the right time for the right place. 